It's a special episode of Locked On Coyotes. We're going to have a new part of our Grow the Game series. We're going to talk with the founder and CEO of the Arizona Legacy Pride Hockey Association in just a moment. This is Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That is Carl Pavlik on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. It's a special episode, a new episode of the Grow the Game series. This is our second one. Our first one was with Lindsay Fry back in February, and now we have a new episode. Today, we have the founder and CEO and, and president of the Arizona Legacy Pride Hockey Association, also referred to as Alpha, Matthew Marshall, for joining us. Uh, Matthew, thanks for coming on this show. We're excited to have you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. It's good to be here. So tell us about the uh the uh about about this organization. I know that you you guys you were telling us before we went on the air and you know in a series of emails before that you just finished you're finishing up your uh or finished up your first season. How how did that go? And just tell us how things how how things went just get to get it all started. So the 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 2021 to 2022 uh, season was our inaugural season. Uh, we only run through fall and winter, and we just finished our championship games up in uh, in February. And uh, I feel like it was it was pretty successful. It was uh, it was definitely it almost felt like a gamble a little bit um, based on the the, the small group. You know, obviously, kicking off anything new is, is is a little bit of a risk, and when you go to sign that contract for the ice time over a season, uh, but uh, it was it was worth it. You know, we uh, we took a little bit of a risk in in expectation and registrations, but we ended up getting two teams, um, and it and it kind of grew as the season went on. So we we started out with about twenty four people who registered before the season started and then as the season went along because of uh the like the pride parade i was handing out some cards and then we started to have you know i had like a my my vice president who's who's not with us anymore uh was a was an amazing he was an amazing marketing manager and uh was doing great things for like facebook and instagram so we had people like kind of trickling in who are already you know hockey players in the community uh, who started joining and play with us. And we had like a sub-in program where people could play with us for a game. And, and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely interesting and fun and, and it was a lot of hard work. And, and um, I would say it was very rewarding for as much work as it was. And it was a very much so learning year for us for the first year. I have to ask, was there any like kind of COVID impacts because of it? Just because like with it happening during that time, everything i saw the past few two years has been like some kind of COVID impact or people doing something because they are you know work from home they're more home based did that kind of have any kind of implication in it or was it just coincidence that you guys decided decided to start recently so it was it did actually impact it because not last year but the year before um 
we maybe even a year before that it was right when COVID had started we were going to try to kick something off but we just had no it just wasn't the right time so uh things didn't didn't come together and then um when we started last year uh we started with like just some clinics um i ended up paying out of pocket for some for some ice time just to see how many people we could get to come out for interest wise and that's how we started building interest and then over the season i think last year most people whether they were in uh whether they were uh you know still in denial about what COVID actually was or or acknowledging or any of that like the the general consensus was that when people were sick they didn't come in they didn't play they were very careful uh and then like there was a little bout when when COVID numbers kind of rose again last year and and there were some some short benches for for a couple of games, but but people they really did take the take the initiative to just stay home and and not come in whether they knew oh I'm only a little sick they they were really careful about it so uh, I feel like I feel like uh, it did impact us a little bit but we ended up being pretty smart about it for the most part. I mean that's good. We saw quite a few NHL teams and just teams throughout other leagues just being like completely wiped out because you know someone came in when they shouldn't have and it just it spread even if they weren't feeling it. So glad you guys didn't suffer like too many major setbacks because of that. And especially those those uh you know the, the, you know like you know smaller startup leagues like like you know like like this one too because you know like Something like that it could be devastating, right? You know, if something if something were to happen to affect that, because that's you know that's a financial hit too. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, with the the next season starting up soon, uh, what would you want to build off of of the last season? Like, kind of where are you looking to grow? Where are you looking to do better? What are you looking to kind of stay the same? So we are a non-divisional hockey league. And what that means is we try to take in um, all levels because, because as, as far as like being a LGBTQ plus hockey league, we have to expect that, you know, we're not just going to be able to pull them out of the hockey community that's already there. There are a few there and they have come to play with us. And there's probably more who have yet to come play with us. And we welcome you. Uh, all skill levels but the the main gig and um in all of this is we have to create the players and um so we do that with we do that with our summer clinics um which we're applying for a grant right now we're hoping to get uh, that'll help us run june july and august and then our new our new uh season will call will start september and where we're looking to grow is is teams we want to at least pull four teams in so last year we had two teams being non-divisional you have to do a lot of um i don't want to say damage control but it's really tough because the the better players if they don't have another outlet where they're already playing well and they try to play with us it's it's hard for them to kind of play down a little bit so it, it's it's a great mixture. Personally, I think it's a great mixture to put the noobs on with the with the you know let's say B level players and more advanced players because it keeps the the game smoother and it keeps it faster. You know, generally with like a very beginner hockey league, beginner players only on the ice. It's very slow and the puck goes all the way across the ice. Nobody's really chasing after it that actively, so it it kind of helps keep the gameplay a little bit smooth 
the goalies hate it because they don't know whether it's going to be really fast and they know where their puck's going to come from or it's going to be something slow and locked into the net. So it's the goalies are like, oh, this is a little it, like it's it's you can't it's unpredictable. But um, it, I would like to definitely grow on the teams and something new uh, that we want to grow from is definitely. Uh, well, we're going to be moving to like sports engine for player management. And, uh, I want to get some sponsors this season. I like, that would be great. Like last year we did it all ourselves. We ran a, we ran a fundraiser in December. We called it our pride night and we brought in a bunch of people to come watch. And we did like a bake sale type thing. And like, we raised like a bunch of money to help finish paying for the ice over the season. And, uh, and it was very successful. Um, <clears throat> And it was a lot of fun. Uh, so I think that player management with Sports Engine is going to be a big upgrade for us if we can grow to four teams. And I would love to see some local businesses or local corporations, you know, help us out with this. And like we have some sponsorship packets and stuff like that. And that would be that would be a great gig for us. We're talking with Matthew Marshall of the Arizona Legacy Pride Hockey Association on this episode of Locked On Coyotes as part of our Grow the Game series. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment, but first we have a quick word from Carl. So I have a message from our friends at HelloFresh, where you can get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. HelloFresh allows you to get farm fresh, seasonal produce, and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Uh, Ingredients travel from the farm right to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh, all without a trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market. Uh, personally, I always like to experiment with food. So great thing I like about HelloFresh is they give a lot of seasonal options, a lot of new things that you could try that you're not necessarily going to get everywhere else. What I want you to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the promo code LockedOn16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. Promo code LockedOn16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. So back here on Lockdown Case, once again, we're talking with Matthew Marshall of the Arizona Legacy Pride Hockey Association. Uh, Matthew, one of the things I want to get to is, you know, again, talking about, you know, this league and, you know, obviously you mentioned it, you know, it is that, you know, mainly geared towards that LGBTQ community. And how important is that, to, you know, in, um, you know, on, on getting that out there? Because, um, and tapping into that community because we talked to, you know, when you talked to Lindsay Fry, you know, she's, a, she's not only a major ally, but you know, her, you know, her big thing was, you know, getting, getting young girls out there. And now we have, you know, the LGBTQ here who, you know, obviously it's a, you know, it's, it's a good community down here in Arizona. Definitely. Um, so, you know, Phoenix is, you know, one of the largest cities in America. And I think that, uh, it's very important to tap into. So I should kind of go way back to about five years ago when I first started playing hockey. It was at the uh, Madison Gay Hockey Association in Wisconsin. And that is where we get the legacy part of our name. <clears throat> um, so it's it's also a very LGBTQ plus oriented. Uh, well, it is uh, an LGBTQ plus hockey league and they're very big. They like when I played, I know it was like 15 team or 10 teams 
150 players is is huge and they've been doing yeah they've been doing their thing for like a long time like i I, don't quote me on this it was like 10 to 15 years um that they started doing this and there are others like us out there so the reason why uh we started this is because i wanted to help provide the um the same thing that was offered to me when i lived up there you know and and uh it, it made me feel welcome. It made me feel like I was able to be myself. You know, I do play hockey at a local, um, on a local adult league or beer league, which you would call it. And, uh, in, in what we call a brave space. And it's just that, you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like they do do a good, good job of, of trying to, you know, you know, I wouldn't say like creating a safe space, but they do, they do take the steps that like USA hockey holds them accountable to as far as like, not being discriminatory and stuff like that and using certain language so so they do a good job of that and i and i feel comfortable with my teammates there but uh you know it's it's important that we create spaces like these because you know a lot of us felt uncomfortable in a sports setting traditionally and you know uncomfortable in the locker room uncomfortable to be ourselves or the language that's used um in a lot of sports and even even at young ages in, in schools and stuff the language that's used just makes us feel uncomfortable. Like maybe we were really good at sports, but hearing our teammates, you know, use those those words that make us feel uncomfortable or, you know, slurs that, that we just don't like to hear. It helps us. It, it keeps us from not performing the way that we should be. And yeah. Absolutely. And that, and that's, and that's a hundred percent, hundred percent real. And I can tell you that, you know, um, you know, you know, I, I was part of sports growing up as my, you know, someone like myself and as a trans person of color, um, and growing up and even before starting the beginning transitioning myself, I, you know, hearing homophobic or transphobic slurs that made things worse for me in sports. Um, so, and I think had I found, had there been something like that, had knew that were communities like that, um, open for me, like, I think it would have made things a lot easier. So I think something like this is absolutely huge. And I love to see something like this grow. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead, Carl. Oh, I was going to ask, um, that, that all sounds really great. Do you still keep in touch with that, the Madison program that you were with? Do you guys like get like tips and stuff from them, like ways to like help grow and, and do your own process? Because I imagine they know a lot of things that can really help you out and just kind of share that knowledge. When we, when we first started uh, founding the program, um, we definitely called on them and the current president, uh, Amanda, Ford, uh, Amanda, oh my gosh. I'm bad with names, uh, but uh, I, I and also the founder Patrick Farabaugh. I know um, I talked to him a lot before I started this, and he told me some do's and don'ts, and he told me a couple of things um, to help me make sure that this was for the community and it, that it just didn't become some cisgender white gay male hockey league that wasn't you know, open to like the whole community and the undertaking of this program was a lot of me actually learning how to be an ally to my own community, which I was not. Um, I will openly admit that I was not a great ally to my community at all. Being cisgender, white, gay male, um, I'm the worst non-ally that they have out there. I was. And so I had to learn how to listen to folks and i had to learn when i didn't know something and didn't understand that uh i had to listen and a lot of that was um my former vp uh definitely 
you know, helped me out and, and they gave me a bunch of pointers. And I also had a, a good friend of mine who I played hockey with at MGHA, who's living in Seattle now, uh, who's a professor, used to be a professor. He does a lot of DEI consulting now, who I was able to be myself with and learn how to be better. So um, it was, it was a lot of me getting out of my comfort zone and learning how to be better as far as for my community. Um, and it, it's, it's still continues to be a little bit of discomfort, but that's okay. I'm okay to get out of that comfortable spot to learn how to be, um, better to the community because it's, it's something that should be serving the community, not a specific demographic of the community. And that's one of the great things about sports. Like they, it is a place that creates a community and it helps people grow and be better in, in a community. I know just uh, in my experience covering hockey, I have definitely become a much better person just kind of listening to everyone around me and the community that is created by sports. And it's one of the magical things about sports. And I, I'm glad that it's able to help create communities wherever it can and that you're helping to grow the community. Yes. Thank you. And again, especially in that, um, in a, uh, community that is, uh, like, you know, in a lot of places, you know, underserved, right. You know, like, uh, especially in sports, right. Cause you know, um, yeah, cause we're, we're like, we're only just seeing now, like openly gay, openly trans, openly, whatever people in sports, like, it's 2022 and it's just happening like and it's glad it gets good that you know i think because of these um like organizations like this and whatever that people are starting to become more comfortable with this so i think it's awesome very rewarding to hear the, the new players come up and tell me what you know how they feel or they're like i'm so glad you do this and i'm like i'm glad that you're saying that because i work a full-time job sometimes 70 hours a week during the week and and like all of the hours put towards this league is totally volunteer because we're not a profit and it's it's just worth it to see other people grow to love the sport like I have you know I wasn't even a sporty kid when I grew up I I did not play sports at all like I was terrible at them <laughs> and uh, as an adult now you know since I was 30 I started playing hockey and it has fulfilled a specific part it's fulfilled something in my life that nothing else has been able to do. And I think sports are very important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking once again with Matthew Marshall of Arizona Legacy Pride Hockey Association on this special episode of Locked on Coyotes. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shady Rays, an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for the fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you don't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are needed to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use their promo code LOCKDOWN to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's the code LOCKDOWN for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by over 150,000 
verified five-star reviews. So I also have a message from our friends at Bill Bar, and that's, have you tried the Puffs? If not, you are missing out on one of the best tasting Bill Bar flavors. The Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, like the yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, which is always my favorite. They're all so good, you're going to find one that'll be your favorite. Plus, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, most Bilt Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which typically has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. What I want you to do is go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. So once again, back here on Lockdown Coyotes, Robin Leonia, Carl Pavlik, and Matthew Marshall of Arizona Legacy Pride Hockey Association on this special episode. As we help grow the game, we're talking about um, again a pride, you know, a, you know, a pride, a pride league help things, you know, to, to uh, grow the game with the with the LGBTQ community. And Matthew, I want to ask you this question, and that is how ha- is like what's the relationship been like with the Coyotes? And obviously, they're a, they're an organization. That is, um, that's obviously seems to try to be a pretty good ally. So they have a member of a, a prominent member of the community as their, as their radio color analyst in Lindsay Fry. We had, again, we had her on not too long ago. Um, but how has, how has that been trying to, you know, get a relationship with them? Oh goodness. Lindsay Fry. She's, she's so great in person too. I mean, I can't imagine like it just, just. You guys probably see her a lot on on the you know interviews and, and TV and and stuff like that. But if you actually get to meet her, she's just like she's just got great energy and she's just totally the coolest. Um, so the we kind of got called out, me and two others who were M- former MGHA players who lived here in Arizona. Um, we got tagged on a Facebook post who. Uh, Elizabeth Johnston works for community outreach at the NHL. She's out of New York. She said, is there anybody in Arizona doing anything as far as, you know, LGBTQ plus hockey goes? I have friends in Arizona who want to help. So that's how it started. Um, me and a couple of others that were tagged, uh, Zachariah Strong and John Cromer. And uh, Caden as well. Caden, I uh, can't remember his last name. Anyways, uh, we were tagged. And so we started chatting it up with Elizabeth. And she forwarded us to Brittany, who is part of the Coyotes community development uh, team. And from there, we had a meeting with uh, Matt Schott uh, and a couple others. I think Lindsay was supposed to be in that meeting. Uh, Christina Kehoe. And we just talked and we talked about, you know, what could we do to start something? You know, and, and they asked what could they do? And we ended up having another meeting with Matt and he had suggested, you know, doing a, a growlers program for them, for us. And if you guys don't know what growlers program is, it's an adult learn to play program where, you know, you pay a lump sum of money for, uh, 
generally you get a full set of hockey gear except for skates and you get like 10 weeks of introductory hockey. And they said, well, what if we run a pride version of this? And I said, that would be amazing. And, you know, an organization like that um, saying like, hey, we'll do this for you guys. And then we had another meeting with my friend Gilbert, who's a DEI consultant, and we kind of had some questions and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and we kind of helped them organize, you know, how to, how to, how to treat community members as far as like, you know, locker room stuff and everything else. We told them, you know, co-ed locker rooms and everything else. And we got to see the the cool jerseys they had out for the growlers and, and they, they ran it and they were, they were, oh man, like the atmosphere was great. So the coyotes helped us out so much. They let me run around with my little, you know, business cards that I printed out and they let me bug all the players and, and just hang around for, for free. They didn't ask me to do anything. I set up a table and I told them like, Hey, I want to start this league. And, and we ended up getting quite a few players from that to join, you know, to join us for our first season. And they have been extremely supportive. My gal pal, Christina Kehoe, gosh, I love her so much. She's just been my biggest cheerleader and support person at Arizona Amateur Hockey Association board meetings and just on the sidelines. And I just love her to death. So, you know, it feels like, so Patrick Farabaugh, founder of, of MGHA, has this quote, and I totally feel it. And it's, you know, it feels like we're standing on the shoulders of giants. When we have an organization like the Arizona Coyotes backing us and saying, what can we do to help your community? And it, and it, and it feels just amazing that they're like, we want to help, you know, and it's, it's words can't explain my gratitude for the association, um, for the Coyotes, uh, and what they've done for us. You know, um, there's a lot of, you know, even Matt Schott had said, he said, you know, I, I didn't know that there needed to be this much support until like they posted like an ad for like the Pride Growlers or the Pride Night or something. And and like they saw some of the like the hate speech on like the Facebook comments of like people like, oh, don't make this political or, you know, this, that and the other. Like, like this is why we create safe spaces for us to, to learn sports like this, because there are people out there who think that we don't deserve, you know, a little bit of extra care or, or, you know, something to like, we do something on our own for ourselves. You know, we're just, we're just trying to, to learn things like hockey. And, and, and so the response from them has just been, it's just been amazing. We had a, they just had their pride night in March and 30 of us as a group came and showed up and they gave us a big shot on the on the jumbotron and and like it was it's just been great they let us walk with them at the uh phoenix pride parade and that's like i was i had so much fun just doing that it's just been it's just been a great ride like having them in my back pocket you know like it's words can't explain <laughs> and that's and that's awesome to hear something like that because you know any team can just, you know, like they can just talk the talk, you know, and just say, like, oh, yeah, we support LGBT. And they just put it like a, you know, like a special pride night, just do pride tape. And that's it. There are teams that do that. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome to see that the Coyotes are actually engaging with the community and actually going and, and, and local. That's the big part, because like going local, helping supporting local 
that is what helps grow the game. And again, that's probably that's that's the whole point of this series, growing the game. And you know, when they help, when they help, you know, and when there's organizations that do that, it just warms my heart to see that. Yes, they are. They've been very active in helping the local community, and they uh, they are supposed to be helping us launch. And they're going to supposed to do another Growlers program, uh, I believe, starting this month. Um, the the problem right now is with the growlers is this that the growlers is having is um gear is they're having a gear shortage so they're having a problem offering the gear to the people as far as the package goes but they're working on some stuff and we like the alpha has collected a bunch of donated gear over the last year and so like tomorrow at 2 30 uh oh well uh, this might be airing at a later date. So on April 3rd, we will have had a uh, a gear drive. And so we're going to be fitting up a bunch of players and with the gear that we have is donated and they can make a small deposit for the gear that they're going to take. And it'll go towards their registration at Alpha when we start. Um, unless they decide hockey's not quite for them and they can return it for a refund or whatever. It's not even going to be a lot of money. As far as hockey equipment goes, it'll be pennies on the dollar for what we're going to, you know, let them take the gear for and you know we're doing this with the gear because it's you know one of the barriers is cost uh, it's very expensive to get into hockey and you know a lot of the people of our community who need this most might not be able to afford it as well and so we we do plan on offering things like last year we offered scholarships and five were requested and we were able to fulfill them all due to private uh um uh, they weren't not all of them were private we had some people who basically paid for they sponsored players individually and these were these were other just individuals who play in the sport and they were like yeah i'll pay their fees and we we were able to give each person who requested a scholarship uh, a full ride to to play with us and, and i think that's important you know um the three barriers that i was taught uh, as far as hockey goes is um is cost, which we just discussed, and uh, culture, which, you know, we discussed a little bit about getting into my uncomfortable spot to learn how to be better, um, and creating a safe space, which is what we try to do, and also uh, skill. So another part that is a part of our league is we do it a little bit differently in our league compared to other local adult hockey leagues. We actually start with the day of orientation because we feel it's important to to understand and explain to the players a couple of things, things like um, gender pronouns. And, you know, we we try to express that it's important that people know that it is okay to not be perfect. Just try to be better, you know, and 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 if you don't know, you know, just ask. It's it's okay to ask somebody their pronouns. Absolutely. And we explain to the players during orientation day that you know this is a safe space for our community members and our rules and regulations are very strict in order to keep this atmosphere you know top tier for our community you know we take this very seriously you know um and so and also just some other things as far as like uh we did uh we're gonna do we're going to do it with our orientation this year, but last year we did a uh, a referee meeting where I brought in um, a representation, a represent, 
a representative from the Arizona Hockey Referee Association, uh, Zach Reese. He came down and I said, hey, you know, I want to get my players together and I want you to talk about, you know, um, what's going on with the referees nationwide. I want you to talk about, you know, the shortage. I want you to talk about referee abuse. And I want I want to break the barrier between players and referees. And I want you guys and I want you to, you know, I want to humanize referees because they are humans and and we learned a lot and it was amazing to be able to be a part of. And of course, being LGBTQ, a lot of us were scrutinized growing up or, you know, we, we've dealt with a lot of those kinds of similar things that the referees have to deal with. So we're less likely to be that way towards the referees. But I still wanted to do that because I wanted to try to set an example once I heard that this was a problem. And we ended up learning a lot. Um, like how adult hockey is the worst against the referees and and that's where you get the most where the referees are like i'm not coming back to this because i'm not putting up with that you know what i mean like they're they're humans and they're trying to work and and you know it's they they don't want to put up with a lot of guff and there's a reason why there's a high you know rollover rate or shortage of referees at this time but uh, but yeah um so we do as far as uh skill as well we try to educate them really well uh, we have three clinics at the beginning of our season that are part of the registered season. It's basically like a one, two, three into hockey. Uh, skating and edges along with carrying the puck is the first day. We'll do passing and shooting the second uh, clinic day and maybe a little bit of positioning. And then the third day is positioning and we'll do a controlled scrimmage. This helps all of the players get on the same page as each other. The noobs can, you know, can kind of acclimate a little bit and the advanced players can acclimate with the noobs just a little bit. And then we have a day of evaluations. Evaluations is important because we have, you know, it's a, it's a non, uh, oh my goodness, uh, non-divisional league. So we don't have divisions of skill and the evaluations help us to separate the teams so that they're you know pretty even we want to make sure that the gameplay is you know not lopsided like terribly um and so we use the evaluation day for that and then we do our teams so we also encourage the advanced players to help coach the new players up help set them up you know we tell them to be active on the benches and we saw that last year we saw we saw the players, even some of the beginner players who just knew hockey were helping some of the other players. And I was a little jealous because like, I, like I said, I wasn't a sporty kid growing up. I honestly still don't know a whole lot about hockey. I just happened to be the one to put this all together. So it, it, it I was a little jealous because I, I watched some new people who were barely knowing how to skate at the Grounders program come in and excel so highly through one season of hockey after the growlers they, they excelled really well and then they started playing and and like it took to championship like like normally this kind of thing i would think all right we can bring people in to come watch and the reason why i started playing is because i watched people play and i'm like oh well, i can get down there and fall all over the ice and do that like the players had advanced so much that i had a hard time recruiting some of these people off ice as they were watching they're like oh no no i can't do that i'm like like man like this is tough but uh but it, it's it's just amazing so it's it's really all about the atmosphere and breaking those three barriers down for us and and it's 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 just 
been pretty successful so far and I can't wait to do it again this next year. Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like you're addressing like a lot of things that come up in most conversations about hockey. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times we've, we've talked about hockey culture in general uh, and, and spoilers for what will be an episode that uh, comes out after we record this, uh, but uh, before you guys are listening, but we are also going to be talking about hockey culture uh, for a different thing because hockey culture is a big area of conversation right now. But the cost is one of the things that I do not think is talked about enough. Hockey is a ridiculously expensive sport. And especially, like you said, like there's instances of, of abuse, of slurs. Like I wouldn't want to pay a bunch of money and then risk having to deal with that kind of crap. Like it, it sounds like you guys are doing a great thing and making, you know, it not a massive financial investment. And that just allows people to, to come in and be a part of it because people don't want to like make that kind of investment if they think that it's going to go badly or if there's a chance that it's going to go badly. Absolutely. Yes. Anyways, um, we're getting close to just around where um, where we should um, get to towards the end of this conversation. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, Matthew. I want to take this time, like this towards end time, to allow you to share, you know, um, where to find Alpha, like online, and, and you know, and how to support and, and how to support them because that obviously I'm pretty sure there are some people who you know would would love to support. Uh, absolutely. Uh, if you would like to support uh, or just kind of check us out online, uh, there's a few avenues to do that. Um, we have our website, which is www.azpridehockey.org. That's our website. It's going to be soon under construction because we're switching over to Sports Engine. But uh, if you get that, you can still find us on um, on Facebook. We have a public page, which you should be able to just search AZ Pride Hockey, and you should be able to find it. We're also on Instagram, and we have a private Facebook group as well uh, for those who are interested in playing with us. And you can find that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash alpha hockey. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, if you if you start Googling it and finding it uh, on Facebook and stuff like that, you could do that. And uh, the Facebook private group is good for for folks of the community to come in and and who are interested in getting started. You could you know post you know hey I want to go ice skating. Does anybody want to come with? Because a lot of people do do that, um, and that's a good place to start. You know if if you're interested in playing hockey, uh, buy a pair of skates and go visit your local hockey rink and hit a public skate session. And it, and as long as you can get across the ice, we can teach you how to play hockey. Uh, either the Arizona Coyotes hockey development team will help you or you can come skate with us as well and uh we're always taking donations we are 501c3 and if you're interested in sponsoring us please 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 look me up matthew spang marshall uh and again you can email us at uh, let me see it's gonna be Alpha Customer Care at Outlook.com. If you have any questions, you can email us anytime, Alpha Customer Care at Outlook.com, and uh, we will do our best to get back to you as soon as we can. And look forward to hopefully getting some new skaters. It's uh, it's about that time. So over the summer, 
we're going to be doing clinics and the coyotes are doing their gig. And if you want to play and you want to get some gear, you should hit us up and we can help you out and get you started. Absolutely. Awesome. One thing's for sure. I'm going to try to see if I can check it out. I live in Tucson, so it's a little hard to get up there, but. <laughs> coming soon but... to Tucson. Yes. Coming soon to Tucson as well. There's a, there you go. yeah, like uh, there's, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I do know that there is a large sporting complex that's being built. So it will be 2025, 2024, I believe. I can't remember. For those who are unaware, there is a uh, there is a new complex being built, a hockey complex being built at the Kino Sports Complex just off of yes. Oahu. If you live in Tucson, that's where it's being built. That's awesome to hear, though. That's yes. awesome. I love you. Yes, 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 yes. I got I got a friend in 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 uh, in Tucson, and he's been a major supporter as well. So a big shout out to Jeremy Bow. I love you so much. Well, once again, Matthew, really appreciate you coming on. It is a pleasure talking with you and learning about it. I'm definitely, like I said, going to check out more myself. Um, but that is it for this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Hope you guys all listened to, to like what you heard today. Um, if you did, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Coyotes, on Instagram at Lockdown Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. That is Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlak is Carl Pavlak F-F-H. You can interact with us, ask a question you might have. We can answer right back on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Also want to give a huge shout out. Uh, we had a listener actually who um, who uh, brought you to us, Matthew, to bring to bring you on. So um, I want to thank them for uh, as well for for uh, for bringing this to attention and if anyone any other you listeners have any anybody or anything that you think should be highlighted as part of this series you can contact us as well and we can go ahead and get that started but once again thanks everyone for listening to this episode of lockdown coyotes hope you guys are staying safe hope you guys are staying healthy and don't forget to hell on <laughs>